Hey everyone, welcome to My Bible Works Podcast. I'm your host, Cub Cooker. Super excited to be here today. We're about to dive in and continue our series on biblical numerology. This is the MyBible.Works Podcast. This is the perfect place to study, meditate, and connect with God's Word. So I'm excited to be here today because this is kind of part two in the series we started yesterday on biblical numerology. What is it? Why do you need to know about it as a believer? Is numerology biblical? Is it science or is it evil? And we're going to continue answering that question today. This is part two or session two uh, of this specific study. Now, this is part of a bigger study called the New Age to Jesus study that we're doing. Uh, Before we dive into it, let's roll the intro. Don't go away. I promise you want to hear today's episode. Welcome to My Bible Works. In this tribe, we believe in exploring the Word of God as divine expression. We believe the way of Yeshua embodying the fullness of Yahweh. In gratitude of the love we are given, we focus on things above. We read scripture as treasure, both ancient and mystic. Join me and let's explore the deeper meaning of scripture hidden in plain sight. And consider subscribing for more. And welcome back, everyone. As I promised, we are about to dive in and we're going to talk about the number 666, what that means, why it's important to you. We're going to get into that right now. So the number 666 in Revelation 13, 17 through 18 in the ESV so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. That is the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man and his number is 666. So we know it's the number of a man, but what does that mean? Why would the number of a man be important? Uh, Why is it cryptic in numbers? Uh, And those numbers are numerology. Those are biblical numerology or what we are going to call gematria, which is a uh, a Hebraic or a Jewish system of finding numbers and assigning numbers to every letter in the Torah and then running those against an algorithm to figure out the meaning of those. This is something that's been done for, for many, many years. In fact, I think centuries Um, if I'm correct on that. So definitely look that up and I'm going to do a whole video on Gematria specifically on tomorrow's episode uh, where I will share all the facts and and stuff about it and kind of how it works. But basically they're learning and they're figuring out now what all of these mean because everything in the Torah has a meaning uh, and it's a lot deeper than just reading the words on the page. And so that's where that 666 idea comes from is it is a numerical assignment to the number of someone's name. And that is not a new concept for uh, the Jewish people, especially uh, the ones who have used gematria and stuff like that. So uh, that for me was foreign. I thought it was some sort of weird, um, you know, occult practice, if you will. Uh, But the more I started learning about it, I was like, okay, there's something to this. Uh, and, And all of this stuff, guys, that we're learning here, it all points to God. It all points to Yahweh. That's that's the whole point. We start worshiping it. We start sacrificing our sons and daughters. We start including that into our sexual practices. We start worshiping the sun, moon, and the stars. 
we start divining personal meaning because my angel number is this or my angel number is that and this is my twin flame and I'm supposed to be this way because I'm a Pisces and blah 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 now the scary thing is a lot of times it works because it's based on these biblical calendars that God has laid out and there is something to you know when you're born during that calendar we, we kind of see the proof of that that's why so many people are into it and they focus so much on that and they completely trade that for the glory of God and I believe that's what it's warning against is when we're just trading the glory of God for all of these occult practices and we take them deeper and deeper and deeper hoping they'll work better and better and all they are is a clanging gong they leave us wanting more and not gaining any more of God. And Christ came to set us free from the bondage of all of those things. Now today we're gonna to talk specifically about numerology. We're gonna talk about some of the biblical feasts as well and the numbers of those and why those are important. So John, uh, 1 John 5.19 in the ESV, we know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. So right away, I don't care where you live in the world or how great your country is. This verse is very clear. We know that we are from God. Us, the believers, the ones in and through Christ, sharing the mind of Christ, the body of Christ. The whole world lies in the power of the evil one. That's kind of scary until you realize that we are in Christ. We know that we are from God. And that's where it says to be in the world, but not of the world. That's why that's so vital. We have got to go out into the world, but not succumb to the world. We have to stay spiritually awake using our third eye, as we've talked about in past episodes. The third eye, the mind's eye, that spiritual sight is something that is not discussed a whole lot in churches, but it is woven throughout your Bibles. Especially if you look at the original translations, the ones that follow the Strong's concordance more closely. Uh, that The eye that's used, and where it says the eye is the lamp of the body, that word for eye figuratively means the third eye. Yet we're not taught that. We don't hear that because it's easy to just think about the eye. Well, if your eye is healthy, so is the body. No, if your eye is healthy, so is the body. Not just your body, the body of Christ. And so I'm finding all of these things. You guys get to learn with me and it's so much fun because I get to do this these studies and then kind of wake them up here on the video. And so Deuteronomy 4.19 and beware lest you raise your eyes to heaven. And when you see the sun and the moon and the stars and all the host of heaven, you be drawn away and bow down to them and serve them. Things that the Lord your God has allotted to all peoples under the whole heaven. He's given them to everyone, to all peoples. And, and why would we be tempted to bow down and worship them and give our effort and our time and our focus to trying to divine some personal meaning out of the sun, the moon, the stars, and the heavenly hosts. Rather than looking at them as the clock, why would you worship your watch? And why would you not look at the sky as a clock to divine the seasons and the times and the feasts, lest you worship them 
make them into your own astrology, your own personal meaning versus what God intended them for, which is a divine clock beautifully and perfectly wound until the last day of creation when he returns. And that's what I believe and that's how I look at it. And we talked a lot about that on the astrology section. The reason I'm bringing all of this up is because it all ties into the numerology uh, debate because that's so interwoven with astrology uh, and with all of these type of beliefs. So Psalm 104, 19, he made the moon to mark the seasons and the sun knows it's time for setting. Absolutely beautiful, guys. He made the moon to mark the seasons. These are not just seasons as in uh, when to plant and not to plant, but when to have feasts and when not to have feasts. These are seasons that our life moves through and that we ebb and flow through as a people together. Again, not as a personal way to go. I need to go buy stock in this market right now because the moon says this, but rather to know what season we're in biblically and have wisdom on the decisions to make and what to pray for and how to pray and how to approach God in those seasons, always through Christ. But that's what I'm learning, guys. As, as we go through all of this, I'm finding out that he laid out some beautiful divine calendars for us, and we do not use them. I talked about uh, the world, you know, is it belongs to the evil one. And, but we are from God. The whole world lies in evil is actually what it said. The whole world lies in evil, but we are of God. And what a beautiful thing, because... The world, we have Gregorian calendars, we have our uh, nuclear clocks, we have everything that is that works perfectly as a part of the system. That beast system, I believe, has already been in use for many, many, many years. And it's only going deeper and deeper and deeper. And you guys see what's going on right now. I don't need to say anything about the, or any of that, or the, you guys know what I'm talking about. You see it. I'm not going to get political here and get on one side of the track or anything. You guys probably can define what I believe from watching these videos. And if you enjoy these videos, you probably share similar uh, beliefs in all of this. So we see the system is already in use. It's just getting deeper. Now, I did want to say something about the Mark of the Beast before we move on to the feasts. Because I want to talk about biblical feasts. The mark of the beast, I promised I would talk about this a little more, says the number of the man is a 666. Well, then another verse says you'll not be able to buy, sell, or trade without the mark on your forehead, your forehead, or your wrist. Okay? I take that in a broad sense, in a metaphysical sense, that you're marked mentally with your mind and with your actions. That's how I take it. If we get a physical mark that can be visually seen, great, it'll be easier to see. But for now, I'm looking for the people who are marked by the mark of the beast, the system that is in use. They trust the system more than Yahweh. They say yes to the system. They bow down to the system. They put trust in the system over God the Father. Their minds are marked and their hands follow. What you think in your mind becomes a part of your heart which acts with your hands. Out of the overflow of your mouth, we can see who's marked already. 
I believe. We can see who will be marked if it is a physical stamp, a physical mark. I think we can already start to see who is going to take that mark. And that's what I believe. This is something I've struggled with for ever since this whole thing started at the beginning of 2020 is watching this system start to come full circle and watching where people decide to put their faith, hope, and trust. I choose God, I choose Christ, and I choose scripture, and I hope you do too. Now, I'm not here, as always, to offer any kind of advice, medical, uh, economic, anything like that. I'm just sharing with you what I do um, and encouraging you in your own walk. So, with that said, let's dive into the feasts. This is so cool, guys. Numbers 29, 1 through 2 in the Names of God Bible. The Lord continued on the first day of the seventh month. Remember the Yahoo story from yesterday. Of the seventh month, you must have a holy assembly. You must not do any regular work. It is a day for the trumpets to sound a fanfare as a burnt offering, a soothing aroma to Yahweh. Bring one young bull, one ram, a seven and seven one-year-old lambs that have no defects. Now, I will tell you right now, I do not pretend to understand exactly what that verse means. But I do know that we just had, uh, in the Jewish calendar, we just had Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets. We're now in the 10 Days of Awe, I believe it is. Um, I'm learning about all of this stuff, guys, and I encourage you to go learn more as well. Uh, we're going to start posting more articles that are not really written by me that are from other sources to kind of share with you guys over on mybible.works uh, under the news section because I want to kind of do more of a news feed for you guys there where you get these videos every day, but you also get some carefully curated news that are coming from some reputable sources. So it's one thing I see kind of missing out there today. Uh, I really want to start sharing and reblogging a lot of that stuff for you guys. So it's kind of a place where I collect my ideas over there for y'all as well. Uh, so I want to get into this now. So we see the command for a feast, right? Okay, we see that to blow the trumpets, the gathering there. Now we move into something, Amos 5, 21 through 24. This is years later, way down the road, generations later. I hate, I despise your feasts, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the peace offerings of your fattened animals. I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs. To the melody of your harps I will not listen, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. So why do we have a command for all of this earlier in the Bible, and now we say, we hear that God hates it? To figure that out completely requires reading in between the lines between both verses all through the stories. In a nutshell, from the way I understand it, uh, they had perverted all of those feasts. They were focusing only on those feasts. They were not looking for the Messiah. They were not looking for a relationship with God. They were following them. They were creating dogma. They were creating their own patterns. And some even say, there's even some research to 
say that they were starting to use different calendars then and they were not having those feasts on the day. There's another YouTuber out here uh, that just did a great video about them not having the feasts on the right day. I don't understand all of that. I'm horrible with numbers. That's why I was terrified to do the numerology section because I just don't compute in numbers. I compute in images and ideas and abstract, but not numbers. So that's why I was terrified to do this, but I wanted to share it with you. Maybe it'll pique an interest for you to dig deeper and understand. Uh, but again, some people say that uh, the reason that he hates those feasts is because they're on the wrong day, that they were, they were already messing and creating a system that was going away from the divine order and the divine cycles that God intended. Then we know Christ comes to bring us back into those cycles, into that perfection, into that wavelength or that vibration, that relationship with God. We know that. But everything that happened before that affects what happened with our Savior. So very, very interesting. Um, and again, I highly recommend looking into it. So let's talk a little bit about Rosh Hashanah. It means the head of the year. It is also called the Feast of the Trumpets. So we just had that. I believe it was September 7th and 8th, 2021. Um in the year, I believe it's 5782 now, which is very important to um, the Jewish culture. I am not Jewish, nor do I pretend to understand all of that. So if you are, please enlighten me in the comments. But I find it fascinating as I dig more and learn more. It all ties together, guys. All the numbers make sense. Everything ties together. All of the moon cycles make sense. The zodiac signs that I've been terrified of for years start to make sense because that's how people told time not divined certain things for themselves. That's when it started becoming a sin. They started tying that to more occult practices, worshiping these false gods, uh, which I believe were entities actually vying for their attention and that they're still vying for people's attention today. So that's why I think that's so such a dangerous path to go down because it doesn't just end in not knowing God. It ends in uh, giving yourself over to another entity that is not Yahweh. Numbers relates to the story of the Israelites' journey from Mount Sinai to the plains of Moab on the border of Canaan. The book tells of the murmuring and rebellion of God's people and their subsequent judgment. And then Amos, so that was in Numbers. They're murmuring. Uh, they have rebellion, the rebellion of God's people. He's giving them these feasts. He's laying these out. And then Amos prophesied during the reigns of Uzziah over Judah in 792 to 740 BC. And then I believe Numbers was, I don't even want to say the date because I'm horrible with numbers, but, um, but it, was, it was sometime before. So, uh, and Jeroboam II over Israel. So uh, this is Amos prophesying during uh, that reign. And so you just kind of see these people moving and ebbing and flowing through uh, rebellion and seeking God and then finding other gods and it just it goes crazy for them um, and then God obviously has to send his son to reconcile all things back to himself because we just kept getting it wrong I believe we were messed with as well we see the fall of man in the Garden of Eden then if you read through Enoch you see the watchers coming in and manipulating human DNA they're messing with God's special creation, with God's people. 
then we disperse because of all the special knowledge, the esoteric knowledge that was taught these people at the Tower of Babel, all the astrology, all of the magic they were doing, the necromancing. Uh, it says that they were taught cutting of roots, that they were taught how to divine spirits, they were taught how to talk to the dead, all these different things by these certain set of angels called the Watchers. That happened on Mount Hermon. That was, again, very much a part of the culture that Christ would have walked into. He would have read those scriptures and understood them and known them because a lot of the scripture that he speaks speaks to that. I highly recommend Dr. Michael Heiser's channel. Um, I think it's linked on my channel list. Uh, if you want to go check it out, highly recommend him. He gets into that a lot deeper. So to summarize this, before I get into the gematria section tomorrow, the summary and takeaway to apply in our lives. I like to every few videos do some application for you guys and for me so I can apply this. So the application of this numbers are used all through the Bible as a means to lay out symbolism. They lay out symbolism. Numbers are important to our scientific systems modern day as well as to define seasons, etc. Numbers were obviously important to God communicating to his people and setting out Earth's cycles. Numbers were obviously important to God as a means of laying out dates of feasts and times of rest. Numbers can point us in many directions, that's the warning, but it is the Spirit that will point us towards Jesus always. So we have to have the Holy Spirit when we look at any number and try to make any connection. We have to look to the Holy Spirit because it will always point us towards Christ, which points us to God. Attempting to divine personal meaning from any element can confuse us easily. We are warned about this multiple times in the Bible, uh, not to uh, worship the elements or divine things from the elements. Now, I'm a big believer in being in nature and connecting with God through nature, but that doesn't mean I go and lay leaves out and look at how the leaves fall to divine something personally for myself. There's a big difference in that. Then, number seven, God desires a relationship with his people and sent Christ to reconnect us to him, not for us to worship creation or attempt to divine understanding from it. And then number eight, the bonus observance of numbers, cycles, and creation should always point us to worshiping God. So I think it's very important that we do have observance of numbers, cycles, and creation that points us to God. Again, as a clock, a divine clock, rather than a personal system of divination, because God wants to be that for us. Moving on. Jump over to mybible.works where you can study, meditate, and connect with other like-minded individuals in a completely open-minded setting. This is a Christ-centric community. We focus on God. On, we meditate on his scriptures. We look at each other as the body of Christ, and we want open ideas over there where we can explore together and grow in God. So it's over at www.mybible.works. You can join the My Bible Works Network for free. There's nothing to download. You just bookmark it for good news and biblical community each and every day. Go check it out, guys. We built that app uh, earlier this year because I had a vision uh, to connect people that are like-minded beyond the YouTube community or the TikTok community. Uh, I wanted a place that was for us, that, that could grow, that could build out, 
And that's the vision behind My Bible Works over at mybible.works. It's not .com, .works, because My Bible Works and your Bible works. We just have to know how to read it, and we have to have a relationship with the one who sent it as his word. So if you want to support this ministry, this helps us so much, guys. You can get my book study and other special workshops. We're adding new workshops like every quarter. We're adding like a full workshop. So several workshops every single year. Uh, you can support the ministry as a monthly partner. It's less than the cost of a Netflix subscription, and it makes all the difference because we are actually building a network beyond just mybible.works. That's the hub. That's where you go. That's where all the content will be posted. We're also building an art collective called jacobsfeast.art. It's about praise, balance, and create to the Father. Um, and then also cubcooker.com where you can go uh, learn more about me as a creator, a mentor, and a dreamer and find more information about working with me if you would like to. So thank you guys so much for joining today. As always, I appreciate it. We love you. We hope you have a beautiful day. Thank you for being a part of the My Bible Works tribe. Don't forget to study, meditate, and connect every single day. We love you. Peace. And I'll see you tomorrow. Don't miss tomorrow's the Gamatria one uh, is one I'm still working on. It's going to be fantastic. I'll see you there. Love you. Hey, My Bible Works Tribe. I hope you enjoyed that video. If you did, be sure and give it a big thumbs up and leave a comment down below with what you thought of it. Also, if you want to join us in a virtual campfire chat, jump on over to mybible.works. It's completely free and you can join a safe and open Bible study discussion with our global community.